Hey everyone, during the podcast we talk about how we're going to be talking about Gran Turismo, the movie, later on in the podcast, but um, the embargo is next week, so we have removed that, but enjoy, this is all about FanFest. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of Swapping Joysticks. I'm your host Ben Ostwick and I'm joined as always by... Her indoors, uh, Nightingale. Do you want a drink? Are you okay? No, I've, that's the thing. I've just had a drink. So, oh. you know, it's all liquidy. My my throat is lubricated. I've also got a drink. You do? You have a Wendy's drink. By um, the way, this, this is Wendy's. Yes. Unfortunately, Ed doesn't know how to operate a an ice dispenser in Wendy's. Listen. I People push normally the lever. get me my drinks. I put, Well, yeah. I pushed the lever and the ice didn't come out. And then I moved it out of the way and the ice fell. That is not how ice works in a machine acting stuff it was very silly but this is a very special uh, episode of swapping joys it's we've got we've got a couple of things we're going to be focusing on first is a fan fest you probably heard from the last podcast that ed was going to las vegas for fan fest final fantasy fan fest uh final fantasy sweat fest i bet and we're also going to be talking about gran turismo um i'll probably put it in the notes if you're like i don't give a shit about final fantasy but i really want to know what's happening in gran turismo Check the notes. Um, you can skip forward to that bit if you want. Do some chapters. Um, oh, chapters. No, chapters is good for YouTube. This isn't going on YouTube. And you might be like, hey, wait a oh, minute. This true. was Sorry. meant to be a video version. It. Well, the thing is, we were going to. We actually planned it. We even turned the lights on. We even prepared everything. And we were like, well, the extra camera setup, I'm wanting an extra one. Um, and I'd rather launch that when everything is here and everything looks good. So it'll be next week. Um, I'm afraid for that, but it will be worth it. It will look professional. We'll have camera cuts. We won't need to go to. Will we? We won't even. Yeah, of course. We won't even need wow. to go to professional camera studios. So I mean, you're going to do some editing. I'm not going to do any editing. I'll have a fucking, El, what they call the Elgato Steam Deck, Stream Deck things, and I'll just press a button. If you're talking for ages, I'll press it so it looks at you, and then for the thirty seconds that I talk, I'll press it. Live for me. editing. Live editing. Yeah, yeah. That is impressive, man. Well, it sounds impressive. We'll see what it's like in, yeah, we will. in we person. Will. But yeah, that so that will be next week. So thank you uh, for your patience. And uh, we will also, at the end of this podcast, be recorded, probably the end of this podcast or tomorrow, we will record a little uh, walkthrough of the Las Vegas Fan Fest, which will be a video only, and that'll be on YouTube. So if you want to go and see, like, if you want to hear, if you hear all Ed, you know, bleating on about how great Fan Fest is, and you're like, I can't quite picture it myself, then go to youtube.com slash biggestbenness because there will be a video up there um, where we talk through you walking through it. Just walking around. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, I think that's the main thing we have to talk about, isn't it, Ed? So you have been to Las Vegas. I have. Are you recovered yet? I think so. Um, jet lag is fucking weird. <clears throat> See, now I've got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> yeah. There we go. Um, I've never had it. What jet lag? Yeah, I've only I went to New York for like but New York's five hours. It's nothing. I mean, I lie in for five hours sometimes. Like, I was actually chatting to Americans. They're being like, "Oh my god, I'm so jet lagged." I'm like, "You've come about three hours. I've come ten. So, you know, there's not a lot of competition because it's on. eight hours difference, isn't it? Yes, eight hours difference. The flight there is ten hours. The flight back is nine, I believe. Mm. Um, I was following, it's a very long flight. Yeah, I was following your flight path. You know, being the nosy kind of. Is he okay? Is the plane crashed yet? No, I guess. Wow. I no, I get paranoid. I'm like, yeah. I thing is, when I was a younger, I used to watch a lot of air crash investigations. So 
Lovely. Yeah, I would never tell that before. Also, when you were flying, as, as soon as you set off flying back home to the UK, loaded up Sky, and it was like, this. Uh, there was a documentary about a terrorist hijacking of a plane. I was like, not going to watch that. Yeah, don't watch that. I didn't. Don't I, watch that. I started watching it when I knew you'd landed. <laughs> Great. So, was um, it worth it? Yeah, it's quite interesting, actually. Okay. Interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll finish it. Uh, but yeah, so I saw, but I watched you go there and you went over Greenland and like over Chilliwank in Canada and all the... Yeah, you know. so the flight path actually goes to the north of the UK and then it goes over Iceland, Greenland, the very north of Canada and then down the west coast of America. Mm. So it's really dark, even though, because obviously on, on the way there, it's kind of continuous daytime or it should be because you're meant to push through and then sleep when you arrive mm. um but it's really dark because of that flight path and they don't turn the lights off so everyone's asleep apart from me who was sat playing don't on my turn switch. the lights off yeah they turn the lights off on the airplane oh they do i thought you said they don't no they do oh. so it's really dark so then everyone's asleep but i'm like no 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 you're meant to push through at this point so i'm sat there playing switch uh playing octopath traveler and, and your bright some, oled pissing bright, everybody off literally next to with you. loads of flashy effects i was like sorry everyone i'm just playing some switch you can't can you adjust the brightness on the switch you can turn it down yeah All but right. it was still quite flashy mm. um and then yeah about an hour before you land it starts moving south and it starts getting light again and then you get served afternoon tea and i'm like what everyone's been asleep and it's been dark and now we've got afternoon tea it's very strange um I got a little cheeky upgrade on the way there as well. You did? What were you doing? How did you get that? Well, I did not have a seat number on my ticket, which was very strange uh, when I checked in. Um, but I then checked in a bag for the hold. And the very nice man said, oh, you don't have a seat oh, number. Oh, you don't have a seat. Would you like a nice upgrade? Did you do that? I mean, close, but no. <laughs> um, he said, oh, you don't have a seat. And I said, yeah, uh, that's, you know, a bit strange. He was like, oh, I'll sort you out, I'll sort you out. Gays get upgrades. Gays, right? bec- uh, gays get flight upgrades because the amount of gays that work at airports. I, I used, I Unfortunately, live- on the way back, I had a woman and she was oh, not feeling it. She was not, no, <laughs> she wasn't an ally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like the amount of gay cabin crew and airport workers that I befriended in Barcelona, honestly, there so many. I bet. Not in that way. No, like, no, I, I just like I got to know some Portuguese uh, flight attendants that work for Ryanair, and they introduced me to their friends and their friends and their friends, and eventually, just nearly all my friends were flight attendants. Great. So he upgrades all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, you don't get upgraded well, in Ryanair. I... The upgrade is to not fly Ryanair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, this was this was Virgin. Who were lovely. Um, so I said, oh yeah, I don't have a seat, but you know, if you could get me an aisle, that'd be great. And he was like, oh, the only aisle is at the very back. You won't want that. It'll be too noisy. I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll take a middle seat. And then it was the whole chat of, oh, is it business or pleasure? I was like, oh, it's for business. Um, and, and we had a nice little chat. And then he passed me the ticket and was like, I've moved you up so you could get an aisle. But I didn't quite know what he meant. So I wasn't sure if it was really an upgrade or not until I sat on the seat, uh, sat like in, in the plane. And you still have to turn right when you go in. You don't get to turn left oh, okay. and go to business. Uh, I still had to turn right. But it was uh, a level up from economy, which is like economy premium or something like that, which meant I had vaguely more leg room and that was about it. But the and I, got off the qu- I got off the plane quicker. Because the planes are massive, aren't they? They are pretty big, yes. Because I was watching it as you were taking off, you know, as it was taxiing around and yours was like twice the size of any other aeroplane around there. Of course. Like how um, many seats across? Sorry for anybody that's boring. Like, wow. I'm not asking every single little detail here. So the seats across go... Um, 
three four three, I think. Wow. See, I was th- I was three three, where I go when I go. Yeah, so, I never fly anything other than that. Yeah, so Virgin train, uh, Virgin planes, and BA as well. When they fly to America, at least it's it's three rows. I flew United once columns, to well. from Bristol to New York, and I think it was a smaller one. Well, from maybe Bristol, that's United, and from Bristol. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, it's a very long flight, and I have been basically consistently jet lagged. For about five days solidly. Mm-hmm. Um, we pushed through when we arrived and ended up going to bed at about midnight Las Vegas time, which is essentially 8 a.m. in the morning UK time, which was when I woke up. So I'd been awake for 24 hours. And if anybody knows Ed, if Eddie's 30 minutes, like we're recording this podcast late in the evening and you should see the look it gives me. What do you mean? You're very tired, aren't you? I'm always tired. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> we will get the grump. By the end of yes. this podcast, when we're talking about Gran Turismo, you never know, it might be the world's greatest film and he will be just shitting on it because he'll be desperate for bed. I would never do that. <laughs> so I've been consistently very, very tired. Um, I had about four hours sleep that first night and maybe five oh. the night after that and maybe six or seven the night after that. And I've just felt very, very spaced out. Jet lag is weird. It's like this strange dizzy feeling and you feel just really out of sorts like you're just not yourself and then on top of that you end up having loads of coffee to try and stay awake so then you've got a coffee buzz meets lack of sleep and it's just the weirdest feeling it's really really strange but i think i'm over it now good i had a good 14 hour sleep when i came back you genuinely did yeah you went to bed (laughs) at like 7 p.m and like then i went to bed quite a bit later well no actually i went to bed a few hours i had a good a good 11 hours but like, yeah, I was, I went to bed and woke up and you were still asleep the entire time. Yeah. I woke up at nine the next day. So it was, <laughs> I, it was needed. It was yeah. absolutely needed because the flight back, I doze, like I can't sleep on planes. So I dozed a little bit, but I didn't really sleep properly. Mm. Um, I, <laughs> I did put on some, they had some like sleep albums, but unfortunately they were only about five tracks long and <laughs> then it, you sort of hear the music stop and you're like oh, well, now I need more music because I'm awake again. Mm. So you have to choose another one. So I kept waking up. So then eventually I just put on, I think it was like a Paris ballet TV show or something that was just a ballet performance for like two hours. So I just put that on so I could fall asleep to some classical music, Um, which was quite nice. But yes, I did not sleep very much. So I was very, very tired when I came back. (sighs) Well, how was FanFest? It was very good. It was very good. It was a lot of fun. Um, big thanks to Square Enix for yeah. flying us out. Disclose this ad, and and it's not an ad. I'm I'm right. I've written enough about it. Um, but yes, no, they they paid for everything, which was very very nice. I wonder if they'll send swapping joysticks next time. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, FanFest is it's a really fun event. Essentially, it's where they announce various things about the next expansion. So they will have three FanFests leading up to the release of the next expansion. So there's one in America, which was Vegas. There's one in a few months' time in London, which hopefully we can go to. And there will be one next year in Tokyo. So the the America one is first, where they announce the new expansion and the name of it, because they know that the American fans go absolutely wild for it. And do they? And they do. <laughs> there is screaming and elation and rapturous applause 
And then the middle one will be the London one, which will probably be a little bit more subdued, but they will probably Polite announce... Applause. Polite applause. But they will announce most likely the jobs of that one, because they've think, said that there mm. are two new jobs. We'll come to that. Um, they said there are two new jobs. They'll probably say what they are in London. And then Tokyo next year will be, and now here's the release date ahead of the expansion. And then the expansion comes out. And then a year after that, they do the whole thing again. But this is the first fan fest since Japan 2019 mm. because of COVID. So since then, obviously Shadowbringers has come out. Yeah. And we've had the whole of Endwalker. Endwalker had a digital fan fest, but I think they only mm. did two of them rather than three. Was that the one we had to pay a lot of money and you got like, there was a mount that was like 20 pound, a whale mount and all this stuff? Oh, there's a whale mount. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I think, really expensive. And I, th- I don't know if that was a well, fan there's a fest mount, thing. There's a mount for this fan fest. Which is, is the the motorbike with the little chocobo? Of course, right yeah. Which is very cute. Yeah. So the big part of FanFest basically is the keynote, which starts it all off, and Yoshida comes on stage, and that's straight after the trailer. So they literally the lights go down, and then they just came up with the trailer for Dawn Trail. I always find keynotes quite weird these days, like for games, because it's like a keynote in a business is usually the most boring thing ever. It's on like a Monday morning, everybody's just there, and then they announce some like random crap. When it's a game keynote, they've turned like video game business keynotes into these massive festival events. Yeah. Which I find bizarre. But I mean, it's, I don't because I understand why, but also it just it's weird that it's a business thing, yet it's turned into this giant advert at the same time. Yeah, it was an hour and a half of details about Dawn Trail. Yeah. Which is going to be the best summer holiday ever, apparently. Um, I'm sure everyone has probably seen all the news. If you haven't, please go to Eurogamer and read my coverage. I love the I love the style from Dawn Trail. That this is exactly what I want. My favorite, I've said this before, and my favorite area in Final Fantasy XIV so far is uh Costa del Sol. I just love the Costa del Sol. There was one bit where they had a summer event and it was just constantly just doing stuff on the beach at Costa del Sol. And I was like, this is amazing. Just because I was yeah, you're cooped up at home and you can go out into the beach. And like Dawn Trail just has this really nice, beautiful, beachy feel, like holiday feel about it. And then the the woods look just gorgeous to kind of walk around in. Yeah. So I'm I'm 100% looking forward to this. Yeah. So Endwalker finished the Hydaelyn and Zodiac storyline. I haven't got that yet, so shh. Well, that's, that's a general known fact. I haven't either. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of the end oh, of... Sorry careful that's, that's got a microphone bend don't hit it really um so that story arc is kind of finished so dawn trail is the start of a new story arc new essentially dawn. a new dawn exactly oh my god should have called hence, it that well that's a bit obvious <laughs> so hence they're starting with a summer holiday of all oh, you, you know your adventurers have had a lovely time now let's let's uh let's give them a holiday to relax but of course things aren't going to go as what? you'd expect mm. So a big part of that, as you said, is this tropical setting. They are very clearly inspired by South America, Central America, um, the sort of Mayan Aztec ruins and jungles. Can I be smug? Go on. There was that thing that popped up and I was like, oh, that looks very Peruvian. And apparently it's based on literally a hill in Peru. Well, it's Rainbow Fields, which I was like, oh my God, the Rainbow Fields. And I was like, I think they're Peruvian. That's actually Peruvian. (laughs) I was quite, yeah, I'd never been to South America. But, but you'd like to. I would love to go to South America. I really want to do the Inca Trail. Mm. I know it doesn't seem like something that I would like to do, but I'd love to go to Machu Picchu. Yeah. Can't see it you. sometime? Yeah, sure. Or stream it. If you're paying. I'm not. 
<laughs> I'll go on my own. <laughs> Fine. So Dawn Trail, yeah, it looks really, really cool. Um, one of the big things about Dawn Trail, obviously it's the new story, the new setting, which is very inspired by Final Fantasy X. Oh, I'm even very better. Into. Even better. Hence the tropical feel is is just giving that 10 vibe. People are desperate for it to have Blitzball. It looks like it won't, ah. um, sadly. But what it does have are the Pelu Pelu, which is a tribe from Final Fantasy X, and they will be making an appearance in this. Uh, big jungle vibes, all really cool. But this is going to be Final Fantasy 7.0. And 7.0 is also bringing a graphical update. Hallelujah. So there are a lot of technical things that are coming with this new expansion, not just the new story. The graphical update, they talked about the minimum specs. It's still not super, super high, but it's a big upgrade from what the game has been so far. Things like the hair textures, yeah. the textures of metal and stuff like that, the amount of foliage, the lighting. It's not going to look like Final Fantasy 16 overnight though. No, it's and, and it's not going to happen overnight. They're going to be doing it bit by bit. Yeah. So 7.0 will have the new graphic stuff and then they will have early game as mm. as good graphic stuff and then they're basically going to meet in the middle. Interesting. So I'm... it will happen bit by bit Wait, in terms so, of the upgrade. So is the upgrade Dawn Trail, is that going to... So I, I didn't hear the beginning of what you said then. Is Dawn Trail going to... Listening. I, I was I was thinking. Is Dawn Trail going to have the upgraded upgraded graphics? From the start, yes. Okay, good, good. But I, when you said from the start, I thought you meant it was going to go from like a Realm Reborn to the start. No, no, no. So Dawn Trail, the whole of 7.0 is going to have the upgrade like Good. that is 7.0 that is what it is Great. done right but then bit by bit they will be starting from a realm reborn and working their way through uh... to upgrade the game so it might be a case where maybe the lighting has been improved but they haven't yet upgraded the npcs yeah or they, so it might be a bit off until they manage to do it all but I it's quite, I like a huge game mm. that there's no way they can just do that in a, in a one massive chunk and i like the i like the changes yeah the changes they're not hugely hugely different it still keeps the same style but I remember, I think World of Warcraft had a graphics up, um, upgrade, and I remember being like, you know what, I'm going to go and give that a try and see what it looks like. Looked exactly the same to me. Um, I, I, some of these graphic updates, they're not going to, they're not completely changing the whole thing. No, I mean they've said they want to keep the same aesthetic, and they don't uh, as well. People have made their own characters yeah. and designed their own characters and who they want to be. They don't want to completely change that with a graphical upgrade, and suddenly your character doesn't look the same. You know, they want they want your characters to look how like how you want them to look. Yeah. It's just now the hair looks better and the armor's shinier yeah. and the lighting is better and those sorts of things. It's a gorgeous so think, game. Yeah, and I think a lot of Dawn Trail will be designed around that. So the fact that it's a jungle setting allows them to show off all the new foliage yeah. that they can do. The fact that it's a summer holiday and it's bright and sunny allows them to show off all the lighting and the shadows. So it feels very tied in with that. Mm. But I'm sure it will be a great story as well. Oh yeah, I'm sure. They, they seem to have hit the nail on the head yeah. when it came to um, Shadowbringers. And people say Endwalker's even better. I mean, I'm like two-fifths of the way into Endwalker. I'm on like level 84 quest out of 90. So I'm probably... And, I, and I'm, at the moment, I'm not hugely invested. I do like the fact that it seems to go places quite quickly. You don't get stuck in the same area for ages like you did in uh, Stormblood, so I'm I'm intrigued to see where that goes because everyone just says how amazing it is, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I think that might be something that I just sit down and play or I stream. I don't know. The other thing with Dawn Trail is that they'll be bringing two new jobs, 
because every expansion has two new jobs. Mm-hmm. They will both be DPS. Those one, queue times are going to get even longer. Yep. One will be a caster, one will be melee. And Yoshida took off his jacket to reveal a t-shirt of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was a big hint. Mm. So that's got everyone talking about what what does that mean for these jobs? Now, a lot of people were looking at the weapons and thinking, is that a hint? You know, we're going to get a bow staff or something like that. Um, The other sort of line of thinking that the group I was with had, and also I've seen online a lot, is that the turtles are all named after artists. And they also showed off one of the bosses from Dawn Trail, one of the one of the trials. And I can't remember the name of the character, but it's this bird, uh, this huge bird creature, who is an esper from Final Fantasy VI. And Final Fantasy VI has a character who is a Pictomancer. So, so the thinking is that this is going to be a Pictomancer slash artist character who maybe wields sort of paint paint as magic or something like that. My other thinking with that, again, is that that is going to tie really nicely into the graphics update. The colour from that. The yeah. colour of painting the world and magic effects is perfectly designed to show off that graphics. Chicory. Going to be chicory. Yeah. Um, other other MMOs have have artists as a... I didn't even know that was a class. Yeah. Pictomancer, it's called in Final Fantasy. But other, like Lost Ark has an artist class and stuff like that. So it's kind of magic through painting. I presume it would Mm. be the caster, not the melee. A lot of artists enjoy Final Fantasy. You know what other type of people like Final Fantasy? Gays. Furries. Can you imagine a furry character? Like it becomes a beast or something or like changing. What's the one in um, Diablo 4 where they change into a... Druid? Yeah. We've already got. They have a druid in. They have a druid in fourteen, do they? No. Hmm. That would be cool. Bring out the inner beast. Oh, they'd get older. That'd be popular. That would be, but it also doesn't really relate to turtles, unless you can become Splinter. a splinter. A rat. He's a furry. Of all the animals to turn into, a rat would not be my first choice. No, if you no. could turn into an animal. I mean, other than when you already do. Wow. What, what animal would you turn into? Oh, God. It's okay, there. Probably, probably a wolf. Yeah. I think a wolf would be cool. I think you'd turn a wolf. Thanks. Yeah. What would I be? Don't say elephant or something like a that. A giraffe. I'll take giraffe. Look out for my new emotes coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. You're it's welcome. set it up perfectly. See what I did there. Very well. I knew you wouldn't do that. <laughs> anyway, so that was the keynote. Um, It ended with two more announcements. Firstly, there is a crossover with Fall Guys. Yeah. So you will be able to have Final Fantasy costumes in Fall Guys. So you can play as a Chocobo, which is quite cute. But then they are also adding Fall Guys to the Gold Saucer in 14. The amount of frustration I have playing Gold Saucer... You've done the Gold Saucer platforming thing, haven't you? I've attempted it, yeah. Oh my God, that drives me nuts. Yeah. I do not want Fall Guys in there as well, because I'll, no. t- I'll stop the game. I'll just turn it off, yeah. probably delete it. And then the other announcement, they <gasps> said, welcome to the stage, Phil Spencer. And I turned to the Square Enix PR and just went, fuck off. Because <laughs> yeah. um, immediately I was like, that's- well, it's coming to Xbox then. Like, what else can they announce but that? And that's what everybody's been, like, a load of people have wanted it to come to Xbox for, I mean, for as long as it's been announced. But everyone just assumed that Sony had this deal and they wouldn't do cross-play because... 
it's like a separate launcher. Um, like it's really complicated. So apparently not. Nope. And they all seem like the CEO of Square Enix was there. Who's very young or seems very young. He seems very young, but I don't think he is. Isn't he like 50? Maybe. I'm going to search for it. Have a quick Google. Yeah. Um, but him and Yoshida and, and Spencer were all on stage. Phil, Phil Spencer's looking very awkward while everyone speaks Japanese around him, which was very funny. Oh my God, the Phil Spencer bot. Yes. He was properly, hello, I am really looking forward to coming here and launching Final Fantasy fourteen on the Xbox. Mm. He was very wooden. They did say that this is sort of the start of more games going to Xbox. So whether they're going to start adding all the Final Fantasies to Xbox or or not, I'm not sure. Um, you know, obviously 16 has been a console exclusive on PlayStation. We all assume it's coming to PC. Maybe it'll come to Xbox as well in future. Will we see Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to Xbox? Will they all come to Game Pass? Who knows? Mm. So there's a lot of possibility there. But that was definitely the big, aside from the expansion, that was the big news was, was Final Fantasy XIV finally coming to Xbox, which a lot of people will be very happy about. But good luck putting in the hundreds of hours uh, to play through that because that will be happening next spring. Can't find him by the way. John okay. Yamamoto, maybe I don't know. Um, so yes, it will be he have to have, come into Xbox next spring, and Dawn trailers out next summer. And so I you thought, won't have long to catch up, Xbox players. No, and I thought it was a bit weird because they kept calling it the Xbox version. So I was like, is this going to be on its own thing? They're going to have their own separate servers for it. No, no it was crossplay. Yeah, no, I was concerned. And then oh. he said like it was crossplay, and I was like, oh, okay, that's yeah, like. That's cool. If you haven't played, if you like Final Fantasy fourteen or you're interested in Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy fourteen, and you're like, I don't particularly want to sit for ages at my computer and play it. Honestly, the it plays brilliantly with a controller. It is the easiest game to play with a controller you will ever find. It is well, I wouldn't be not of any game, but like it is seamless. Like I learned the game, I played the game six hundred, seven hundred hours. The first six seven hundred hours were only on the PS three and then PS four. So like I've only recently started playing on PC and I was like, I played it for maybe 10 hours on PC with mouse and keyboard and we're like, nope, I want to go back to the controller. And if you, you can get a really cheap Logitech or whatever, or other things, well, actually no, Logitech we do support, don't we? Because they uh, helped us earlier. But like Logitech, I've got here, this is a K, God, what's the name of this one? This is a K295 and it comes with a mouse. Uh, it's Bluetooth. It's just like a USB thing that you plug in. And it cost me, I think it cost me £20 for the mouse and keyboard. Somebody just got it recently and I think it was even cheaper than that. Um, but literally you plug in and play. So if you need to type to somebody in your party or you need to click something on a map, if you just got that next to you, you can quickly type that in and, and do the rest with the, con but like still use the controller for everything. It's really good. There you go. Yeah. So play it on that. Play If you're like, I'm not sure why would it be on, why didn't MMO be on an Xbox? Try it. It works. Mm. So that was the keynote, which yeah. was sort of the big news, basically. And that started everything off. We then ran up to the press room to quickly write as much as possible. Yeah. And then the rest of FanFest, they have a series of talks by the developers. There was one about, uh, because this is the 10th anniversary of Final Fantasy A Realm Reborn. So they had a look back at the last 10 years, which was sort of just looking at key points they had a making of Endwalker, which I did not watch because of spoilers. Mm. They had a PvP tournament on the second day. There was a chat about localization, uh, which seemed quite fun. So lots of different talks that you can go and watch. And then there are various activities around the hall. 
and they were themed around different areas in Endwalker. Um, there was also a pandemonium area, which is endgame stuff. There's an island sanctuary area. And it had little activities like uh, my, a, a light up dance floor with a with a with a bunny DJ. My favorite DJ. was the fishing. There was a fishing. Was, but what was the fishing, Ed? Where, where was the water? Well, there was no water. It was just a floor. And then it was sort of magnetic fish on a pole. <laughs> it was like the world's worst circus. <laughs> it was a bit silly. <laughs> um, the island sanctuary had loads of little activities like throwing cushions in holes and things like that um, and then what was quite cool though is that they had quest marker points mm. around the hall and next to those were actors dressed up in cosplay um, as gleamers who were there to give um, to give out quests to people and they got so into it it's like proper LARP stuff um, like something's happened like you've got to go and do this and it was go and get a picture of it and essentially, if you got at least if you completed at least three of those with pictures, you could go and get a free poster from a from a desk. And you didn't um, even do that for me. I did not do that. No, the poster was not worth it. Um, so there was that, and then there was a battle challenge that you could do. So you could go and log in and play through a special raid um, duty trial. I think it was a trial, which you didn't actually get anything for. I'm spoke, sure it was great. You spoke to Rook just after she'd done that. What did she say I about did. it? She, like she, it? she said that it had some quite interesting mechanics, but like, and, and it was sort of quite cute, but it wasn't amazing. And was like it not, so you didn't get anything for it. Was it, not, was it something that's not in the game then? Or? Yeah, I think it was specially made for this. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so you get to queue up and play that. And then there was the merch store. Now oh, this... Oh, now what did you buy me, Ed? Nothing. Oh, uh, what? Because the merch store was the biggest fuck up of all. Hmm. I will I will just quickly say that all of these activities have massive queues. And it turns out that I think Americans think that British people love to queue. We don't love to queue. We just know how to do it. <laughs> and Americans apparently don't or just don't understand wow. queuing systems. Like every single one of these activities just had a massive group of people randomly queuing, waiting for it. God knows how long it would have taken to do it. Hence, I didn't do any of them because I didn't have time between writing stuff to actually just stand in queue. <clears throat> and then the food queue, they had various like food stalls and drink stalls, but just one long line that went on for probably about an hour's wait for yeah. food. And it turns out that I don't really understand what people were queuing for because a lot of the stalls had no one there like buying anything. So you could just skip the queue and just walk straight up to the stall and be like, hey, can I get a sandwich, please? And just sort that. So I'm like, what were people queuing for? People just didn't understand what the system was. Maybe just, there were some Brits there that were just queued like, for like an hour. down for queuing. No, they were definitely Americans. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you guys were doing. <laughs> they were just being polite, Ed. And you, maybe they were waiting for, maybe that place was like, no, you need to wait there. And you just walk straight up. I did just walk straight up, but that's yeah. fine. I what was told get? to by staff. Oh, I got a really, really bad cheesesteak sandwich from Quiznos that was basically mayonnaise. It was just mayonnaise with a bit of steak. It was oh. very disappointing. Mm -hmm. So there were basically queues for everything. The One of the biggest queues was the Starbucks just outside, which was just perpetually overflowing with people. Um, Wait, so, well, course, you know, gamers and their coffee addiction. Of course. Especially MMO players. I know that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. But the merch line was the biggest fuck up. So I think essentially you had to queue up for a ticket for a specific time and then you could go in at your allotted time mm. but the queue on the friday the first day 
was just so, so busy all the time. And we were really busy writing stuff and then watching other stuff that happened. We didn't have a chance to go. So we were told, right, let's just get there first thing the next morning. So we got up even earlier the second day to get to the convention, even earlier. And they'd blocked off the area where the merch line was. And so we ended up not going to the store then. And we watched uh, the letter from the producer, which was all about patch 6.5, which is essentially bridging the gap between now and Dawn Trail. So they always do the letter from the producer where they're basically just talking through all the patch notes. So we were like front row for that, which was really cool. We could sit spoilers. Up. Not spoilers, no. <clears throat> However, I, after that, I said to our PR rep, I was like, oh, so can we go to the merch line? He was like, there's no space left. Like there's no, there's no tickets left for, 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 for allotted time slots. And right. I think basically they gave away too many the first day because there were so many people that they just didn't have any slots left for the second day. And also the second day they had sold out of everything including the Moogle, which was the really adorable delivery Moogle that I was desperate for and I have not got. And I'm really sorry. You literally went there with half a suitcase so you could bring back loads of merch. Legit. And I got nothing. Well, I didn't get nothing. I got uh, I got a bag, that everyone, the goodie bag that everyone yeah. gets, which has the little uh, low-poly <laughs> grape stress ball toy yeah. and a carrot pen yeah and some, <laughs> yeah and some final fantasy trading cards oh which i might open on stream at some point maybe open you should open them yeah on your stream or we could do yeah. it on the next podcast. i might do that on stream okay so just gone nights that is there you go so yes yeah, so the merch line was basically a massive fuck up I, i've heard a lot of complaints from people around the convention that it wasn't very well organized i think between all the queuing and the merch fuck up I think staff from the convention hall were not the politest, not the most polite. Mm-hmm. Um, the Square Enix staff in the yellow t-shirts were obviously lovely, mm. but the convention staff, I think, weren't super polite. So there were some unhappy people, I believe. Well, you know, surrounded by all those nerds, it probably grinded a few gears. Maybe, maybe. But there was some other really good stuff. They had a cosplay parade. Um, it wasn't a contest because they just wanted it to be wholesome. And it was super, super wholesome. Like people, some people were okay. Some people I saw a went, hoodie. Yeah. <clears throat> some people went, I mean, it's bit, you have an amazing costume and then trainers. And you're like, could you not, could you not get some different shoes? What about the person that went proper ass over tit? Like it was the fourth or, f- or fifth one on. It was I someone very them. early. They fell over. Their literal legs went up in the air. It was such a comical fall. I was pissing myself on the sofa. Well, I was trying not to. Um, <clears throat> because the audience were generally very wholesome and supportive. Mm. It's and that's the community. Like people talk about the Fun Fantasy fourteen community being really positive and really supportive of one another, mm. and that was absolutely the case there. Good. People are just so lovely talking to one another. Um, everyone's cheering all the cosplayers, no matter how good or bad they are. Most of them <laughs> were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but everyone was just incredibly supportive and just really. It was just a really wholesome weekend, mm. uh, which was really sweet. Probably the two best things were the music concerts. The best one was the Friday night, which was the piano concert, which was performed by Keiko, I think her name is. Uh, Aren't they in Eurovision for Norway? No. Oh. Um, K-E-I-K-O. Yeah, Kano. Keiko, not Kano. Mm. So Keiko is a Japanese pianist, and she was joined by Amanda Aiken, who is a soprano, who sings Endwalker songs and other stuff. And they performed an hour-long piano concert, which was 
really, really good. Most of the songs were from Endwalker, so I didn't know them that well. Um, and they had clips from the game in the middle screen, which I just didn't look because mm-hmm. I didn't want to see the spoilers. But it was really great. And for this concert, they said no, no filming, no phones out. Like, this is just for you. It wasn't streamed. The whole weekend was streamed apart from the music. Yeah. So it was just enjoy the concerts. And everyone just sat there quite well. Actually, not everyone. There were some annoying people talking behind me. And I was very close to shouting at them. <clears throat> Should have done. I was very close to it. Um, but most people were just completely quiet, just spellbound, enjoying the music. And it was genuinely really magical. It was really good. Um, they ended with a song. And neither of us have, have played through Endwalker. But there is a song in it that is clearly at a very pivotal emotional moment that had everyone crying um, <laughs> apart from me because I didn't know what was going on but it was a lovely song very lovely performing performance mm. so that was really good and then the second night was ended with the primals which is a heavy metal band made up of the devs oh god is it like the like the supply teacher like the teachers at school when they perform at the prom a bit <laughs> So they're they're all in like black suits with white ties. And it's led by Soken, the composer, who is on guitar. And then you've got three other guys on on bass, guitar and drums. And then a couple of different vocalists, which includes Koji Fox, who is the localization director, who is just this really happy, charming Mm. kind of... If you've not seen the Final Fantasy XIV no-clip documentary, go and do it. It'll make you want to either go back to 14 or start 14 like that and that documentary every time i feel like a bit of a lull i'm like you know what i'm gonna go and uh watch the the 14 no clip documentary yeah he's just really lovely and cheery and bubbly <clears throat> sorry it's all that uh wendy's drink yeah it's the wendy's i don't have any water never mind Can get your water no it's okay um pause it if you want don't worry so he's just like super bubbly and cheery. And then he comes on and is the lead singer of the primals, like living his rock fantasy, kind of jumping up and down on stage, head back and forth. At one point, he literally was like swearing like, fuck yeah, and like downed a bottle of water and like threw it on the ground as if it was like something, mm. I don't know, alcoholic. Were people um, standing and jumping or were they seated for this? So there was an area at the front where people were stood. Please tell me they were moshing. I don't think there was enough room for moshing. Ah. It was very polite. Um, you know, like the glow stick batons that you get. Um, they're kind of like waving them back and forth, basically, okay. over their heads in time. It was all very polite. And then there was a seated area. And then there was sort of the area at the back where there were no seats and you could either sit or stand. Mm. Um, most people were seated. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we were stood at like sort of halfway back of the seated area. Um. So, yeah, it kind of feels like it's your dad's performing rock mm. music like it's a little bit like that the songs are cool it's yeah, what the, are the songs so they're the, they're all the rock songs from the game okay so you know like the um shadow bring shadow bring a song and stuff like that that one sure let's let's go with that <laughs> um so they performed that they also had a couple of the vocalists so a guy who does actually do the performance, not Koji Fox, but oh. the actual singer, who is sort of proper cowboy with a hat and a huge beard. So he came on and sang some stuff. And then Amanda from the previous night, The Soprano, mm-hmm. she also did a number. And then after that, it was the closing ceremony. And all the development teams that stood on stage 
and and say a little thank you and goodbye. And everyone's crying. Why? Because they're so emotional. Why? Because it's the end of the fan fest. Oh. Um, the audience are all in tears because they just like just the devotion and the fanaticism towards the developers. Like this, this community love this game and love these developers. And the developers also are so appreciative of the community. Like it's very much mm. a two-way, you know, love thing, basically. And I also appreciate that this is the first fan fest in a few years. We've had the pandemic. No one's been able to meet in one another. So this fan fest was the first chance for them to really meet the community again. So I think they were very appreciative of that. And so they were all just very tearful, um, but in a nice oh, way. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I was very I, emotional. I played 14 since... I think I worked out like 2015. I played it for like eight years. Love it. Great game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't cry. I don't. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. It depends how much I'd had to drink. I cry at anything after a few drinks. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. So it was. It was a great event. It was. Um, I mean, by the time this goes up, I will have a report on Eurogame you can read, and I described it as like a theme park. I don't because... know. This is going up very early tomorrow. Sure. It will still be up in time. Yoshida often describes 14 as a Final Fantasy theme park in-game because it references all the other games and there's all the different activities and so many different things you can do. FanFest is kind of like the real-life theme park, complete with all the different activities to do and people to meet, Mm. but also all of the queues and just expensive stuff. Um, Did you have any thrills? I had a thrill in a casino. Yeah, I was about to say, I've... Once you finish this, I was going to be like, what's Vegas like? <laughs> I mean, look, that was that was FanFest. I think it would be better if it's not in Vegas again, maybe. Yeah. But with it being in Vegas, that was quite fitting, considering it's Vegas is kind of like the gold saucer. Like, it's it's a casino. Um, so it was all kind of fitting, really, for, for what the event was. Um, it was a great event, and I am very much looking forward to London, hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully getting to the merch stall there. Fingers crossed. And seeing um, and seeing what they announce. So what happened in the uh, casino then? <laughs> well, when in Vegas. Um, I, will, I will preface this by saying, well, I'll preface this with, with a couple of things. Firstly, I really don't like Vegas. I'm afraid. Wow. I really don't like it. Um, but also, I am not a gambling man at all. <laughs> no. I've never been to a casino. I am not one for taking risks at all. Um but when in Vegas, make a bet. Why the fuck not? Yeah. So I took $30 with me in cash just because I thought in case I needed it for tipping people, I need a couple of, you know, dollar bills I or something. I didn't tip anybody. No, I didn't pay for anything. Um, I thought I'd better take some cash. But then I realized I didn't really need it. So I thought, fuck it. I'm just going to use that as my betting money. Mm. So I had a couple of drinks first because obviously. Dutch courage. Yeah. And then decided, <clears throat> right. Because... The casino is in the base of the hotel. Like to get to our hotel room, you have to walk through a casino because it forces you to. Why? Because it wants you to spend money. Yeah. <laughs> and the casino is obviously all your slot machines and then your blackjack tables and your roulette tables and everything else. And I thought, right, I could just go and spend on the slot machine, but I want the thrill of being at a table with somebody else. I want to hold a chip. Mm-hmm. I want that analog physical feel. So we walked around and found a roulette table. That was $25 buy-in. So I thought, right, I've got $30. So I'm going to do one bet. Because I said I said from the beginning, I will do one bet 
And whether I win or lose, I will walk away. Mm -hmm. I am not putting more money in. I'm having a limit. This is my one thing. So it was $25. So I thought, great, that's my one thing. The other $5, I'll just throw on the slot machine afterwards. So, so we go to the table and I've got the guys behind me sort of jeering me on, helping me out. Cause I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, who do I speak to? Where do I put the money? And they were like, right, give the woman your $25. Okay. So I hand it to her and she just looks at me and like looks at the table. I'm like, oh, you've got to put it on the table and slide it across. Like slyly, you know, just hand it to them. And then she needed ID, probably because I look young, but I'm pretty sure they ID everyone. And then she slides back my one chip. <laughs> and I was like, great, right. I want to put it all on black. Where do I put it? So they're like, right, put it there. So I put it down and then she looks at me. She's like, that's your one bet. You're going all in. I was like, yep, all in. Okay. Great. <laughs> and then for some reason, she like she then moved some chips to the same place. And for some reason, I wasn't sure if they were mine or not. But it clearly wasn't because I only had my one chip, but they weren't quite in line. So I ended up nudging them just to like align them within the space. And the guy next to me, whose chips they actually were, just gave me the dirtiest look. So to be like, why are you touching my chips? Yeah. Which is obviously a massive faux pas. <laughs> so now, so, you're, so the reason why you're not going back to Vegas and you hate it is because you're banned from Vegas. <laughs> no, no. You don't touch another man's chips. I know, I've realised that. Um, they just weren't aligned in the space. So, um, <laughs> wow, I think this is telling, saying a lot about you here. So, um, I basically was so concerned by looking at the table. I didn't realize that she'd already put the ball in. It was spinning. And then the guys behind me were all, were all cheering. And I was like, wait, what did I win? So I didn't even see the ball go around, which is what I wanted to see. <sighs> so I missed the actual action. But anyway, I put $25 on black all in and I won. So I walked away with $50. And that's going to do really well in South London. Yeah, really well. Um, so yeah, she passes me my other chip. And there was a uh, British couple next to me, um, older couple. Wait, so, so, so the guy next to you, did he also win? So he was in a good mood at the end? Um, he was the kind of guy who um, was clearly there to like drink and spend a lot of money. Mm. So was just not interested in anybody else apart from winning. Okay. So whatever. Okay. But then there was a British couple next to me who uh, were kind of like having a bit of a laugh at my expense. Clearly like, who's this British guy? Come along for a bet. Mm -hmm. um, and so they all cheered as well when I won. And they're like, oh. you should stay, you should stay. And I was like, nope, that was my one bet. I'm off. <laughs> so she handed me my second chip. I was like, thank you very much. And walked away. Um, even though everyone said, your luck's in, you should stay, you should stay. I was like, no, no, no. I said one bet. That's it. I've got yep. my money. I'm walking away. So then I took my other $5 to the slot machines. And put that in because I wanted the I wanted the proper feel of pulling the lever. Did you pull like, the lever? I, I did pull the lever, and uh, out of five dollars, I won a whole twenty cents. <laughs> yeah. And they, the slot machine gives you a ticket, which is then the amount of money that you've won on it or how much it's worth. So you can then take that and put it in another machine straight away, as opposed to just mm. putting money in, or you take all of that to the cashier. So I then took my two chips and my ticket worth twenty cents <laughs> to the cashier and got my money. And I gave the 20 cents to the PR rep from Square Enix to say, thanks for your help. <laughs> and I walked away with a $50 bill, <laughs> um, which I did not spend because there was nothing to spend it on. Because everything is either like like $10 for something cheap and like yeah. some cheap some cheap tat somewhere that I cheap didn't want. Cheap tat that cost $10. What did you get me for a souvenir? Um, I bought you a Las Vegas espresso cup. That cost $10. <laughs> 
But that was in the airport and I didn't want to spend my $50 on it and then be like, well, now I've got $40 change and that's just annoying. Fine. So I just bought it on card Could and just spent $50. $50 on me? No. Um, so it's either, it's either something cheap or it's like go up to the mall and spend thousands on a, on a Cartier watch. If which, you want to. You know, $50 is not going to go very yeah, far. That's true. So oh, you've done I a few more bets. Home. No. <laughs> no. That was my one bet. I'm very happy that you did that. I mean, I I think we've said that, yeah, you said you don't like Vegas and stuff, but I'm like, you know, if I get the chance to go to Vegas, I'd quite like to go to literally, maybe not, because I don't think you did too many tourist things. I'd like to go and do the, have a photo outside the Las Vegas sign and go and visit, like take a picture outside Caesar's Palace with the fountains going up and go visit the Eiffel Tower or whatever. Yeah, I mean, hmm. we, look, I I did not like Vegas, but did I have a good time? Yes. Would I go back? Yes. Okay. Because I want to do all those other stuff. And we need to go and visit the Grand Canyon as well. Yes. So, you know, I landed Thursday night and I flew back Sunday night um, into and landed like UK Monday morning. Yeah. So I was not there for very long. And two whole days of, so basically three whole days. And two of that was spent in the Las Vegas Convention Center, mm. which was freezing cold with aircon. And then you go outside and it's 45 degree, like desert heat. Jesus. What that is in American units is way over a hundred, I think. Um, it's ridiculously hot, but it's so hot and dry that you don't sweat in it. You, mm. It's like when you open an oven door, when you're like roasting your Christmas turkey. Yeah. And that heat hits you. It's literally like walking into an oven. It's exactly what it was like in Zaragoza as well when I used to live there. It was like, you never sweat. You never had a real problem with sweating. You just literally would open your front door and be like, oh, that's like all moisture removed from my face. I've come back to <clears> London <throat> and to 20 degree heat, but like rain. Torrential rain. It's been and I feel sweatier and more muggy and gross than I did in Vegas. Yeah. But then the thing with Vegas is that so much of it is indoors anyway, and it's all aircon. So you go from really hot to really cold constantly. So between my body being like, what temperature is it? And also what time is it? And what day is it? I have been completely out of sorts for like an entire weekend. The fact that everything is just lights, aircon, and it's like in the middle of the desert, it just feels like <clears throat> it feels like a proper like drain on the planet. That place, a hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. Um, you wonder it's why it's so hot. Is it wonder, literally Midgar? It's Midgar meets the Gold Saucer. Like yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And you're wondering why is it so hot? And you're like, well, because you're sucking up all the energy from the Earth. Mm. Um, and <coughs> yeah, everything is designed to make you spend money. So essentially the city is made up of a series of hotel mall complexes, which are huge. And each one is just this labyrinth of casinos that you have to walk through. Mm. So we walked from, so we were staying in the Palazzo, which is part of the Venetian, which is very fancy. Uh, we walked from there through that and then across to like Caesar's Palace through the Forum, which is their mall. Why it's all Italian themed, I don't know. So we walked across there and the thing is when you stand outside, you can see both hotels across the road from one another and mm. it's like a 10 minute walk, but it took us about an hour to walk through them because it's this labyrinth of malls and casinos that you have to walk through. It forces you to walk past them. And the way the malls are designed is that you come up the escalator and where you want to go to is just to your left, but the walkway forces you to go right in a massive circle to force you to walk past all of the shops to try uh. and persuade you to buy something. Um, there are no lights anywhere. Uh, there's no windows anywhere. There's no daylight anywhere. It's mm. just everything is lit to be the same time of day constantly. We walked from... And it's 24 hours, open 24 hours at those malls, yeah. 
So, for instance, we were walking to our hotel and it was nighttime and it's dark outside. And then you're walking through this mall area and suddenly you come out in this Venetian canal area with, um, what are the boats called? Gondolas. Gondolas. And the ceiling is painted like the sky and it's lit up like it's daylight. Mm. Which again, to my <clears throat> jet lagged brain frazzled <laughs> mind was like, what the fuck is the time? Like, it was yeah. so confusing. Yeah. And it's like that all the time. We went back the next day to walk through it and it looked exactly the same. Mm. And it's like, how do people just stay in that all day? Yeah, that's depressing. It's just, there's no daylight and people just are forced to sit inside putting money in a slot machine, just mm. spending their life away. I'm like, what a sad little life, Jane. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand it. I really don't no. understand it. To go for a weekend to say, I placed a bet and had the Vegas experience for a bit, fine. But people who go there all the time, I just, I do not understand that. I can't get my head yeah. around it. I'd go back to see the shows. You know, you saw, oh, yeah, we need to saw go the Drag RuPaul. Race show. Yeah. You saw Adele, mm. all those sorts of things. And I'd gladly go back and watch those shows. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Vegas is just this weird playground for people to waste money and waste the planet's energy. What was the food like? Because <laughs> I mean, American food... People joke about it being all fat and fattening and just kind of unhealthy, but it's usually very tasty. Whenever I've had American food, I, when I was in New York and stuff, and whenever you've been to like a, a like an American restaurant here in in the UK, it tends to be tasty. There's big portions, but they're very very tasty. What was it like in Vegas? Well, the portions were certainly big. Yeah, um, we ended up eating in the same restaurant in the hotel a lot just because it was convenient and we were often eating late. So it was the only thing that was open. The breakfast was very good. Very good. I had the first day I had avocado, um, uh, avocado Benedict. So rather than it being on muffins, it was on like half avocado slices, but then tons of sauce, which was nice, but didn't fill me up as much as it needed to. The second day was a BLT Benedict. Although they called it BLT, it didn't actually have any letters on it, but it definitely had bacon and tomato. <laughs> the American um, way, <laughs> BLT. And that was that. nice. And then the third day was probably the best one, which was this pastrami hash. So it was pastrami and potatoes and onions and peppers and tomatoes, like all fried up together, which was really, really lovely. All of those came with hash browns on the side. And that's part of the reason I picked them because the hash browns were fucking delicious. Yay. Nothing is better than a hash brown. It's so good. Um, and then it's like each one of those breakfasts was probably the best part of twenty dollars, mm. just for a breakfast. Um, coffee alone, I think, was five dollars fifty for a filter coffee. And How like, much? This is shit mm. coffee. Mm. I do appreciate that the Americans give you cream rather than milk to go with it, so it's very rich. Wow, um, which I appreciate, but it's fairly shit filter coffee for a lot of money. Um, we had a dinner there. Actually, we had two dinners there. The first night was a burger, which was actually quite good. The second night, I had a pork chop mm. that was a really fucking good pork chop. The meat was great. The accompaniments, less so. The mash was dry. Oh, no. The veg was undercooked. Oh, dear. Um, And then on the Saturday, we went to this Italian restaurant that was an interesting experience. Mm. It looked like a warehouse from the outside. And then you walked in and it was sort of very dark... 40s art deco-y kind of style and when a restaurant's that dark it's a bit of a red flag of what are you covering up here why mm -hmm. is it so dark 
there were more waiters than there were people eating in the restaurant. Wow. The waiters are all dressed up in their sort of Bugsy Malone. suits and their and their um bow ties and uh everyone's calling you boss, which I find really odd. I'm like, have you finished with that boss? I'm like, I'm not your boss. Why are you calling me that? Also, no. But also, yes, please take this food away if it makes it too much. Um, <laughs> also, the waiters were about 12 years old. Now, I say 12. They're probably like 18. But they looked about 12. And then they kept like bringing the orders over, but they got all the food mixed up. So they're trying really hard to give you like the best possible dinner service, mm. but like just kept messing up the order. Um, and Did you tip them well? Oh, I didn't pay. So, and it's just that typical, you know, the American service of talking through the menu, talking through all the specials and going through everything. And, you know, they're trying really hard and they're very lovely and it's all very sweet, but they're trying very hard to give you that like five-star service thinking like, this is like amazing service Mm -hmm. and the food does not live up to that service. It was fine. He went on and on about this Osabuco as a special and how... Never heard of Osabuco. So it's basically like a veal joint. Yeah. But it's slow cooked um, with a sauce of sort of tomatoes and um, onions, carrots, celery and whatever else. And it comes with pasta on the side. Um, the meat was under-seasoned. The pasta was cold. Wow. The salad was too big and came with a really disgusting dressing. Um, so the food just did not live up to the expectations of the service. And they clearly thought that like this was incredible stuff. And I was like, no. Turn it off. <laughs> I can't hear you. Oh, I just, they thought it was incredible stuff. But it was not. Oh. It was quite average. That's disappointing. Yeah. So it's kind of the, you know, it's all a facade of good things that aren't great. Yeah, you say something like 10 out of 10 service, 5 out of 10 quality. Yeah. But, well, at least you had a lovely meal on the plane back. Let's not talk about plane food. It was gross. What was it? Well, it was... Well, on the the main meal on the way back was a chicken hot pot, which was average. And then we had a breakfast that was this really disgusting um, scrambled egg bagel muffin thing, which I ate about half of. And then there was a granola bar and a yogurt. But the landing was really bumpy as well. We kept dropping suddenly, which is always a worry. Mm. And it was just really, really bumpy. And with that in my stomach and needing a morning poo and not having slept very much <laughs> i was like my stomach is did you shit flipping. yourself i did not shit myself but i had to wait till i got home <laughs> do you have to wait to get her yeah you know poops i've had in wet in airports i still just go there just to pass the time no oh i have no that. i've never ever had a problem with pooping somewhere else like that's not my home i know some people can only poop in their own home yes i'm one of those but i also can't poop on a plane Oh, if I need to poop, I will poop. I pooped on a train before. Oh, no. I pooped on the Thames link. Oh, no. I was dying for it. Oof. Yeah. No, I can't poo on an airplane. The toilets are too small and... You don't want to be sucked out. Well, yeah. And also there's usually a queue because there's only a couple of toilets for lots of people. And then if you're in there for ages, we all know what you're doing. And then you're worried that you're going to stink out stink out the oh. plane. And it's just it's just embarrassing. So no, no Mile High Club then? No. Absolutely not. Not not spending extra time in there. No. Well, Fanfest, any final thoughts on Fanfest? It was a great time. And 
it really showed me who the community are. Yeah. Because when you play at home and you play online, you're just playing with randomers. You don't know who these people are. And then you go to FanFest and you actually get to see the people. Um, and it's a really diverse and really supportive, wholesome mix of people, which is really nice. And just seeing the excitement about the new expansion and everything, it's really, really hyped me up to get back into playing it. Good. As much as, like, I did enjoy Shadowbringers. I don't think it was my favourite Final Fantasy, but I still enjoyed it. But I'm now desperate to get back and play some Endwalker. I want to be up to date by the time the London FanFest comes along. I want to be playing Dawn Trail when it comes out along with everyone else and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really motivated me to to get back into this game, to get back into this game mm. and enjoy it. Good, really good. Um, and yeah, I think seeing you enjoying it over there and going to that con, I'm like, next year I want to go to TwitchCon. NA. Mm. Maybe want to, because obviously there's not going to be FanFest next year. So why not, you know, try TwitchCon next year? Have a, we'll have a little trip out there. Sure. Fancy it? Sure. And it's kind of going to be exciting to see, because <clears throat> this is going to be the first, next year will be the first year that I can actually like afford to do that. Um, if I save. Speak for yourself. <clears throat> well, yeah, no, but it will be, it'll be interesting because then when they announce the location, I'll be like, I want to go with that. I, c- I can go to that. Mm. Very nice. Yeah. So yeah, we'll do that. So we will have some more American trips, but yeah, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And this is where we talk about Gran Turismo, uh, which will be next week. So let's skip to the end. But yeah. Thank you very, very much for listening. And yeah, sorry, this is the last time touch wood that it will be the uh, the last time where we are audio only. Um, hopefully by Sunday, I'm going to have to get things ordered quite quickly, we'll have our fancy scene mic setups, uh, camera setups. Mm. Mm, fancy. Right. Ed underscore nice, where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore nice on Twitch, on Twitter, threads. And you Insta, put your Vegas stuff. pictures up on and the Discord and on Twitter. I have, yep. And uh, and there should be a report live on Eurogamer about everything. That's I've done a good six articles, I think. How much? Six. Eurogamer.net, not .com. They mm. can't afford that one. And you can... <laughs> no, that's not what it is. <laughs> and you can find me at twitch.tv slash biggestbenus. Or I'm I'm just just look at biggest Benos or biggest if you type biggest Benos and it's an account from like 2010 that's not posted in forever, it's gonna be biggest Benos one, except on Snapchat where I'm big Benos, although nobody ever adds me on there. Add me on there. No, they will. Yeah, add me on there. Send me dick pics, no. but I will share them with Ed. Wow. <laughs> I've been warned. Please don't. All right. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much for for listening. We'll be back uh, the weekend. Uh, well, next Monday will be the next podcast. Yep, next Monday. For episode 99. May. May.